Traveling the Vortex. A dinner was served for three at Castle Dracula by the sea. Dr. Jekyll was there, the hunchback was there, the only normal person was me. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed episode number 145. And one day, it'd be nice to have a meal that doesn't end in mortal danger. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Thank you for my doctor back. You're welcome. What were uh, you doing with the doctor? How are you guys? I was, I was showing him that it was oh. a trench coat and a red bow tie. Ah, for yes. our super secret film project. Oh. It's not super secret. <laughs> <laughs> we want people to know about it, especially people that listen in our area. Yes. We don't want people in our area to know what we're going to do, though. Okay. How are you guys? Good. Did you guys have a good week? Well, it was okay. Half week. Yeah. It's the old suction cup on the nose trick. Holly, Holly's still saying, we got to take the toys away for Sean. <laughs> He's going to play all night. Yeah. I got new minifigs. Well, they're not minifigs. Um, vinyl figs. Vinyl figs. Uh, Holly's been sick still. I mean, she's been on her back, as we talked about on the last time. But she finally went back to work on Thursday. She went to physical therapy, and then she was feeling a lot better. So she went back to work. And then it got really rough in the afternoon. And then Friday, she powered through it again. She doesn't have physical therapy again until next week. But this mm-hmm. weekend, she was a little better, but she was still just not. She can't move very much so unfortunately we missed James and Kara's wedding because the kids uh, had their school carnival on Saturday oh. so I took them to that and How was that? it was fun I, it's every year standard it gets, school yeah carnival. every year it gets less and less somebody on the iPhone again or uh, every year it gets less and less organized or more and more disorganized I should say <laughs> this and is scary mind blowing so I just turned mine on the airplane mode. And then, uh, that was pretty much it. And then uh, today, I just spent the day on the internet soaking up all the rumors. <laughs> and we'll talk about those in a little bit. So, um, that was pretty much it. I didn't watch really anything this week either. The, uh, Caitlin and Holly watched um, the Crimson Crimson Aura this the tonight. The Crimson Aura. So, they've uh, only got a couple of more left before they're caught entirely up. Caitlin started the um, Doctor Who photo challenge that we're doing and caught up with us and she's doing the ABCs of Star Wars and she's caught up with that now so she got all excited because I think it was last night I think I'd posted mine or was looking for mine. I actually posted mine. My Doctor Who one. And she asked me what it was and I told her and she goes oh that sounds neat can I do that? And I was sure. So she said well but I can I or she said actually this is what she said she said next time you do one of those will you let me know one of those Doctor Who things would you let me know and I uh-huh. said well I said you know the the rules according to Rachel is if you haven't done them yet you go ahead and start and get caught up and I said Sean's you know he's always playing catch up so <laughs> I said you'll probably be ahead of him which now she is and uh, so I said so she got all excited about it she said well, what's what are they I said so we went through the list of the first five days. And because we weren't quite into six yet, and then um, so we we went through them, and, and she did some, and, and was having a blast. And so then she knew I was doing the Star Wars one. She goes, "Well, can I do the Star Wars one too?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, absolutely." So I'm kind of impressed by some of her choices for yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, we went down, and well, she's I haven't guided her towards any of them, but 
she goes down and I've got you know this bookshelf downstairs that's just full of Star Wars mm-hmm. stuff, and so she rivals through and goes, oh, there's a good one, you know. That starts with you know A. That oh. starts with B. That starts with D. So she knew what she was going to do for A because she's got that signed picture from Jake Lloyd, <laughs> 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 and so she went and did Anakin and. She went down. I was actually surprised that nobody had done Anakin. First, she went down there and she took a picture of just Anakin on the picture. And I looked at it and I said, "Oh, you didn't get your uh, that, you, that he signed it." And she goes, "Oh, should I do that?" I said, "Well, yeah. You gotta tell people that you got to meet Jake Lloyd." <laughs> so she goes, "Okay." So she took the picture. And she, so that was her A. And then she, yeah, she started rifling through Chewbacca. She actually came up on her own. She said, "Well, let's go see." Oh, how about Chewbacca? I said, "Yeah." So we started flipping through all the stuff that I had. Of course, I had that comic book and. That was a pretty good one. I don't know what she do for B. I can't remember. Boba Fett. Oh, that's right. Because she, in fact, she saw my Tales of the Jedi book, and she said, "Oh, Boba, Boba Fett starts with B, right?" Yeah. <laughs> and then D. She got to D. You want to see? Yeah, Chewbacca. Then she got to D, and she found my Dark Empire. Uh, that's the one I was like, "Oh, wow." Yeah. Well, <laughs> she found it because it was on the shelf, and she goes, "Oh, this would be a good D." And I said, "Okay." So she took the picture last night. We tried to send it, and it wouldn't send. And I said, well, maybe because you, you've done so many pictures, you've hit a cap or something. And So we waited. And today we decided to try it again and send it, and it still wouldn't send. Huh. And I, what is going on here? And then oh. it occurred to me it was D. The hashtag, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you have to actually put the hashtag first. Although my D went out for some reason, so I didn't have any issues with mine. But Anyway. I'm scrolling so back through. Maybe it didn't show up on Twitter. Maybe it didn't go through. Um, nope, sure didn't. What was my D? I don't know, but it wasn't. It's not in my Twitter stream. Maybe that's why. It's remember, I tried to send stream. it again. No, you had a whole go. bunch that didn't go. Well, that was that was different. That, that was my recipe. But issue. remember, I even after you told me and pointed out that oh, that and they you, didn't go, yeah, you said I went and tried again, and it still wouldn't go through Twitter. But that's probably I didn't why. Even think of that would be yeah. Wrong. I didn't yeah. either. So anyway, uh, so her D didn't go through. So she we figured that out, and she got her D and, and E sent today, and then she did her. Today's uh, Huluin, or uh, yeah, 31 days of Huluin. Um, <clears throat> kids went to a birthday party today at lunch, uh, a one year old, and it was a it was doctor themed. Oh, but not the doctor not you're doctor, thinking of, no. his Dr. Seuss. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it was awesome. They did, they uh, <clears throat> a lot of the decorations were bought, but they did these really cool things with, and you've seen this because Jared had sort of one similar, the, the lollipop tree. Oh, yeah, except for theirs was raised up on a stick. Ah. And it was the round lollipop tree, and then they had the uh, what are the um, what are the trees with the uh, in the Lorax? I can't remember what they're called. Uh, it's my favorite book, and I can't remember for the life of me. The trees kinda, in the Lorax. The ones that they were harvesting. The the Onceler and his family were harvesting the trees. Uh, Truffla Truffla trees. And they had a bunch. They'd made those with like pipe cleaners, and I mean, they just went oh, all out. Wow. And it looked. Inc- I didn't see them. Uh, Holly snapped pictures because she dropped the kids off, and they just looked fantastic. So they they really went all out, and that was a lot. That was pretty cool. You can get your own tr- truffle tree uh, on Etsy for oh, ten bucks. All right. Well, yeah. maybe they could have uh, saved some time. They spent some money though. Maybe there's maybe they took them ten dollars to make those trees. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, and then today I just I kind of vegged out, watched football, and uh, uh, surf the internet for all the news I could find about a certain subject. We're gonna talk about it a little bit, <laughs> and I'm done. That's all I did this week. I watched Thursday night shows. 
Drew came over for Friday Night Who, uh, since Sean wasn't ho- hosting. He, oh, he came over here. Yeah, he came over here. And we, he watched it, and he really liked the movie. He was really. He was. It wouldn't surprise me if soon he owns it. Oh, is that right? He really liked oh, good. it. So anybody we can convert to a movie fan, <laughs> all the merrier. Yes. And yes. then uh, Saturday. A uh, friend's wedding went to that. Sean will go into more detail about that because he was more involved than I was. Um, yeah, we missed it because Holly was sick and I had to take the kids to the... I think I said that already. I My stomach's dirty. <laughs> uh, today, I'm just kind of... Stomach issues, so if I'm not in sorts, that's why. If I'm out of sorts, that's why. Today, we did some running around. Sarah went to a baby shower, so I came home and played some video games. Is she getting a fever yet? Not yet. Um, but yeah, been pretty low key since Wednesday. Not a lot going on. How about you, Sean? Um, well, let's see. Uh, I flew back from Maui. <laughs> that doesn't count because we've recorded since then. I went straight to a gig where I ran a camera. That's we didn't cover any of that well. actually. And then I went straight home. I went to school. Then I went to a podcast and recorded. Then I went to work, went to work, and then went to the wedding. <laughs> went back to work and then came to this podcast. <laughs> so that's pretty much been my week. A lot of work. How was the wedding? Uh, the wedding was really good. It was it was very nice. It was a beautiful spot up there uh, in North Lawrence that I had never been to. Yeah, before. me neither. And I didn't even know it was there. Big, big old farmhouse and a barn and you know, a bread and breakfast type place and. Uh, very pretty lawn, which is uh, it was an outside wedding. Outside wedding, a little chilly. Yeah, it was. And it was bad. all shaded. Too. It wasn't there as bad as yesterday. Yesterday was even more chilly, I thought. But it was yesterday. It was yesterday. That's what I said. See, I'm told you about sorts. I was thinking the wedding. <laughs> well, was I thought today was a little chillier than yesterday. For some reason, I'm thinking. But then again, I wasn't wearing Saturday. a suit I, yesterday I, or today. I, I suppose if we're being pedantic, it was two days ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now true. it was. Um. Yeah, we were actually kind of grateful that we had the tuxes on. Do you think it was colder today than it was yesterday? I thought so. Well, the only time I went outside yesterday was when I threw on clothes to go check mail. Oh, okay. Other than that, I went outside in my suit, so oh, okay. I don't know. Three-piece suit kind of yeah, keeps you warm. Yeah, that yeah. I was at work all day. I don't know what today's weather is. <laughs> I wore a hoodie all day outside. And I, when I was playing video games, I had the windows open, and I was a little cold still wearing my hoodie, so... I wear a hoodie now. Hoodies are cool. <laughs> like, yeah, hoodies are cool. Said gangster doctor. <laughs> I didn't wear mine, did I? I no. didn't. I didn't wear a coat at all. Our mayor that. wouldn't like that. Or our yeah. former mayor. Former mayor. Bald caps and hoodies. <laughs> Just Google Topeka Mayor... <laughs> Hoodies. Yeah, and I'm went, sure you'll find the store. I'm sure worldwide too. Mm-hmm. At least, <laughs> at least that's not the same instance as most inappropriate joke guy. You were in the wedding, right? Was. I was in the wedding. Yeah. What'd you do? Uh, groomsman. I groomsed. You groomed him. <laughs> no, I didn't groom him. I groomsed. You groomsed. You know how like ushers ush. I so did, did, does that entail like you know monkeys where they go and pick the little fleas off and eat them? No. Not really? that kind of grooming. Really, it's. Not that kind of groomsy. Adam said this, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that he's really right, because realistically, as a groomsman, your job is to show up, stand where they want you to stand, walk where they want you to walk, at the pace they want you to walk, and then you get to drink a lot of beer and it's eat true. food. I mean, that's yeah. pretty much the that's a good your responsibility. That's a good gig. I mean, yeah, you got to pay for the tux, but um, 
this program, and I, I, I could be wrong, but I think now this is my, I want to say this is my 28th wedding. <laughs> I kid you not. I, I'm, I'm like bordering on professional groomsmen. So if you have a spot in your <laughs> upcoming nuptial ceremony, he cleans up nice. I clean up nice. I don't eat much, and uh, I'm available. <laughs> I texted Keith yesterday because I couldn't remember exactly what time it was, but I wanted to send. James and Kara, uh, congratulations. Text it. I, I want to wait until after the ceremony. I, I want to be in the middle of it. I don't it. think they had their phones on. So I texted, I texted uh, Keith, uh, hoping it wasn't the middle of the ceremony, <laughs> to ask for sure what time it was. And so I said, yeah. I said, well, I wanted to text you congratulations because we're not going to make it. Holly's down on her back and I've got the kids. And so <laughs> he texted back and said, well, good. Uh, does that mean that there won't be they won't be cursed since uh, or the wedding the, the marriage won't be doomed since you actually just forgot about this or you didn't forget since about you this didn't forget one. about the, the wedding <laughs> and I texted well, back and said I, I hope that does avoid the curse but but I was at your second wedding and it still didn't end up right so. yeah, that's true <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't go to yours although I knew about yours I just couldn't get off yeah, for your first one. For the first one and I forgot about Keith's which sounds terrible every time I bring it up. <laughs> but to be quite honest, we'd only known each other about eight months at that point. Well, no, no, maybe no. a little longer. We had known each other for... We, we had were really each, friends. We, we'd known each other for like two years. Yeah. Been friends for like eight months. Right. And then you never saw me because I was working the That's morning right. shift you, at, you were at the over, other station. Yeah, you so. were at 49 and, and you were at... Uh, I was working six to two and... You were also at CD Trade Post at that time, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that I mean, I have an excuse. It wasn't yeah. like it was. Right and I, I, well, because I just worked like at the other end of the it. building when we first met. Yeah. So yeah, I that's I have an excuse. I don't really have. An excuse. It's more fun to tease you about. <laughs> I don't really have an excuse. I should have went to that wedding. I just it wasn't until I was. I think I was brushing my teeth or something. No, yeah, no. I was brushing my teeth and he text or he called me. No, you texted me. I don't remember. I don't remember. Might be. Now, where are you at? Might have been pre then. <laughs> oh, it's Keith's wedding. No. All right, we're not going to revisit that. Story. We've talked about it. Sounds like a little douche. <laughs> it was a very low key affair, which was a lot of fun. We, I, we even, I don't know if it, came it was about the size of ours. I yeah, think. About this, but I just I like those kind of weddings. Just those the, small. The atmo- well, not not necessarily size, but atmosphere. I think it was was pretty. Oh yeah, I don't, pretty. If, I don't know if it came across from the audience, but even while we were standing up there doing our, you know. Being officiating uh, kind of stuff, I mean, we were yeah, Adam's pose, cracking jokes, and just you know, trying to remember, just having a good old time. And then Adam uh, had worked out this wonderful surprise ahead of time, where he'd made this uh, gigantic achievement plaque, and uh, we had it hidden up there so that as the uh, Pastor announced, you know, now pronounce you Mr. and Mrs. James Hecker and introduced him to the audience. We handed it up and Adam held it up over his head like uh, the, uh, you know, say anything boombox. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it says achievement unlocked. 9,000 gamer points. The spouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. And Will cracked that. And Kara thought it was awesome. So that was great. And then um, we had breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Never been to a wedding where they served breakfast. Very original yeah. wedding. We had yeah. scrambled eggs and Pounds and pounds and pounds of bacon. And wow. Biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy. That's kind of a nice. And mimosas. That's a good meal and inexpensive for yeah. real. And then uh, there was no wedding cake. There was wedding pie. Wedding pie. Because yep. Will does not like pie. And Kara said, absolutely. We can't you mean he doesn't like cake? Cake. Or he doesn't like cake. 
Because the cake is a lie. They had, they had pie. So it was breakfast and pie. And, you know, the guys kept, people kept coming over going, this is the most awesome thing I have ever seen in a wedding. <laughs> and they got pounds of, you know, big mound of scrambled eggs and bacon. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. There was a lot of pie left over. I don't think people quite knew what to do with the pie. Uh, I think people were expecting cake, and it was like, what do you mean there's no cake? Well, Breakfast was a little weird, but what do you mean there's no cake? They had wedding favors, the activity books on the tables with crowns for the kids to do. That's cool. And one of them was bingo. The center square was wedding cake. Ah. Uh, so you couldn't complete couldn't it. get it. There was an ice buy. One of it was wedding cake. Aww. So you couldn't complete the ice buy. Wow. It's like, why are you torturing us? Chip the kids. <laughs> That's cool. I wonder who made that. <laughs> oh, it is you. <laughs> I, I told Keith about it. Glenn made it. a meme. I did make a meme. I made that this afternoon. I, I, <laughs> you, I was, you said I was you were so around the internet I was, then. I, did, I was. I was all over I was like, no, I, we'll talk about the meme a little bit too. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm all excited. I'm sharing this meme I, I, with Glenn. Going, I, 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 I I He's like, I, I made that. I, I, I couldn't hold it in, so I asked Keith if, he, if he'd seen it. And then he asked me if I'd made it. And I said, yeah. So then I didn't say anything to you, and then you found it. And <laughs> I found it and shared it, only to discover you already know about it. Well, good. I'm glad. The and they did, was the, nice. they did the time warp as a group dance. Oh, that's the entire cool. wedding party. The entire and then wedding party. Halfway through, the everybody else could join in. It was pretty cool. That's a neat idea. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to news. News. First up, uh, Gareth Roberts was tweeted asking if there was gonna, if he was going to be doing any more novelizations after Shada, and he t- replied saying. Oh, I feel like blabbing. I'm writing of City of Death right now. Should be out next year. That's awesome. If he does as good as he did with Shada, that'll be phenomenal. I think he's a great author, too. And City of Death hasn't emulate. been novelized. That kind of surprises me. I'm, I had no idea. Again, a uh, Douglas Adams, so that might be tied up in a state. Maybe they've. Maybe the. Uh, yeah, that's uh, why. The estate of Douglas Adams said, "Yeah, go ahead." He did a because, good treatment yeah, on Shada. Shada. Yeah. Well, because that's the one that they they tried and tried and tried to get him to write a novelization of. And he, City or Shada? City. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't he, know that. Yeah. They, they, well, we're, we're told that story that they, they kept asking him for a, a novelization of, of, of City of Death, and he said, "Absolutely." And then they offered him the standard uh, writers. Oh, package. Douglas Adams. Douglas yes, Adams. yes, yes. I thought you were talking about Gareth Roberts. Oh, no, 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 like, no, no. Well, that and, seems and, and strange. When, when Douglas Adams yes, said, you know, yes. sorry, guys, I right. <laughs> make more than that. <laughs> you know, I have a little novel that's uh, a bestseller now. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I knew, I knew that story. So that's why it never got done. So it's kind of cool now that there's finally going to be... Hopefully Gareth's making a lot more than what the standard. I would have a <laughs> Hopefully the standard's gone higher. Based on the success of Shot Eye. Although Shot Eye was partially successful because it doesn't really exist in very oh, many yeah. forms and complete. So. Well, they did do a line of those re-releases of novelizations. I don't know yeah. if it, those did very well or not. Probably. That's probably why you got the City Death gig Maybe. that and Shada. So. They disappeared off the shelves pretty quickly, I yeah. know. He's a great writer. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it'll be as funny. 
I hope so. I hope there. I hope he has a wealth of notes that that maybe Douglas didn't get into the script, but had notes for that he'll um, be able to maybe expound on. Expound on maybe them. he'll actually put John Cleese in the book. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy's got a oh, whole. Cleese should do a forward. He's got a whole part, a whole plot line with him that just kind of weaves through, and then they finally <laughs> meet at that point in the thing. And the Louvre. The Louvre. Uh, what's up next? Uh, filming has wrapped for the Christmas special. I saw that tweet today. That was kind of nice. Or was it yesterday? Yeah, uh, October 5th was the so initial tweet. Okay. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Friday... No, wait. Yeah. Yesterday. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Friday was not yesterday. Saturday, Matt <laughs> filmed his regeneration. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Ready? Ready? So James at work. You know James. Yes. So he joins us for Friday night occasionally. He had this really nifty idea. Okay. So we don't 100% know if Matt's going to be in the Christmas special or if he's going to regenerate into the 50th. I know they keep, they keep going back and forth on this, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we know. I'm pretty sure we know. That he's but, in the 50th. But what if? Or the Christmas special. What if? Here's an interesting idea. What if we're having the adventure we've got the two doctors? We've got David Tennant and we've got Matt Smith. And we're going along on this adventure. And then all of a sudden, something happens. Matt gets shot by a Dalek. Matt gets thrown off of a radio telescope. Something bad happens to Matt. And he's forced to regenerate. And Tennant's doctor is with him. And Matt says something to the effect of, don't leave me, I won't. And he's holding him and lying in his arms. And he regenerates and Peter Capaldi sits up. And David Tennant is present for all of that. Hmm. Now, A, it's never been done. Uh, so that, that alone makes it kind of cool. B... It really suddenly retcons why David Tennant is so cranky during the special season when the Ood tells him your song is ending because he's seen it now. He knows what this process is going to be like. And it's just like, ooh, that's really kind of a cool idea. Probably won't happen. (laughs) I I told James told me that. I was like, that's really kind of cool. I got to share that with the guys. Neat. Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack the news. No, that's all right. Glenn's giving me this, I can't believe we no, still allow you to come no. talk. <laughs> it's quite alright. That was a that was kind of a neat idea. Wouldn't it be cool? Yeah. 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 Aside from Matt leaving early. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wait, why I, would Matt leave early? Because he's saying it's during the fifth. If it happens during the fiftieth and not Christmas. Oh Matt. Matt Smith. Matt Smith. I'm impressed you got through the words Matt has filmed his regeneration without breaking. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a wall right there. <laughs> he chooses not to fully Did acknowledge you, it. The Christmas special is going to come out on DVD and we're going to be like, where is it? It's in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to put it in the freezer? Yeah. I want to put it in the freezer. <laughs> it, it was uh, Rachel pointed out that she had, he had regenerated. Yeah. And I, I don't remember what I said on Facebook, but it was more of like, please don't go. <laughs> don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go on the cot. I'm excited for Peter Cabaldi. I am too. Bring on Peter. Although, you know, I, I thought of this. Matt, th- don't let the door hit you on your mouth. I thought of this, Watch it, uh, man. this week as well. It's very unlikely now with the casting of Peter Cabaldi that our second wish list request of an older companion is even remotely going to come to be now. 
Oh, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think they would skew the show older by putting an older Doctor and an older companion together. No, I don't think so. What so, are they looking for? Those uh, cashews? Did you? They're in, the, they're in the box. You hit them away, so I you didn't need them. Can I have some more? <laughs> <laughs> so I would eat them all. So both of you. I brought back coconut covered. What are they? Coconut roasted. Oh, we didn't talk about what Sean brought Toasted us back. Coconut cashews. Toasted, roasted. No, Sean toast. didn't bring us Toasted anything. Toasted coconut cashews. Well, he shipped Sean things back. Stuff back. <laughs> Sean shipped the same from me. <laughs> Not at the same time. Kanoko coffee candy, hula girl coffee candy, <laughs> and it's really delicious. And some locally grown. In Hawaii. Are oh, those actual beans? I thought yeah. that was the candy when you no, gave no. it to me. Well, that's some really strong smelling no, this, candy. This but okay. Actual beans from uh, Hawaii that, according to Sean, they don't no ship out of Hawaii. That's why they smell better than Folgers. Oh, yeah, they're actually Hawaiian. See, that's. Here's what the candy smells like. Oh, that's more chocolatey. It's, it's, it smells chocolatey, but it has a coffee taste. It's coffee chocolate. Well, I hope so if it's candy. Well, it, 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 black sugar, glucose syrup, <laughs> hydrogenated palm oil, hula girl freeze-dried Kona coffee powder, soy lectin, and artificial flavor. That'd be a little like, you know, taking the, the grounds right out of the can and num, num, shoving them around. I've had chocolate-covered coffee beans. Yummy, They're not yummy, bad. Yummy. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the locals talk about this um, <clears throat> Hawaii's local buzz coffee, and apparently they don't uh, ship it off the island. It's... Within, it's made on the Big Island and distributed to other islands. Are you allowed to ship it off the island? Oh, he did. Uh, you, you can. <laughs> I, I, you I can, didn't you say. Can. I didn't say. Did he get caught? I no. <laughs> you, you, you can is buy it. And bring it. it it's oh, it's, okay. it's it's a, an export. Whatever that is. I mean, there were people. At, there were people at the airport though getting stopped because they had fruit in their bag. Yeah. There were like four or five checkpoints. Well, that's with just big, big signs. Yes, you have to do this again. Yeah. And they went through the bag. Even though you're flying from state to state, you still have to cross international waters. Yeah. So no fruits, but um, the coffee's okay. But it was freeze dried. It was vacuum sealed yeah, too. They do right. not um, ship. They they don't export it. Right. I mean, like Kona coffee is the big one over there, and it's available pretty much anywhere. But this stuff apparently is island grown, island made, island produced, and island consumed because they don't ship it out. And you said it's going to kick me in my teeth. That's the rumor. I didn't try. I'm going to find out tomorrow. We will eagerly await the uh, the text. That's tweet. before February 1st. I better be. I have no teeth! Since I will be uh, sleeping in a little bit tomorrow, anyways. So, and what did you get, Glenn? Hmm? What did you get? I got some really, really nifty uh, Christmas mornings. Aww, cause, thank you for saying that. Um, Sean knows that I'm a huge Christmas nut, and so I can add those to my ornament collection. The uh, One of them is this gorgeous glass ball that has like uh, palm trees and Christmas lights on the outside of the ball. It's like crystal glass or whatever. And then on the inside there's a palm tree scene, like a beach scene with palm trees in it. And then the second one is just one of those basic um, I call them foam uh, balls. But it's it's uh, has glitter all around the outside then has palm trees around it. And then there's this really cute little figurine that's Santa in a bathing suit, you know, his guts hanging out, and he's got his sack thrown over his shoulder and his Christmas hat on. So. And he's on a surfboard. Very cool. Oh, he is on a surfboard, yes. Very cool. He doesn't have a tiki statue hanging around his neck, so no, he's okay. None of that for him. <laughs> All right, let's move on. More news. The last bit of news. 
the big bit of news. In fact, they put it in all caps on the notes. I bought more Titans vinyl minifix. <laughs> That's the big news. That's the big news. We have them at work. They have them cheaper than anybody else does. I keep buying them. There may not be any left. Are they really cheaper? Or is that with your discount? They're seven ninety nine at Vintage Shock. They're twelve ninety nine at Hot Topic. Oh, everything is more expensive at Hot Topic. I thought I paid twelve ninety nine for it. Shouldn't it? Seven ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine for the. Oh, I tried the action figure was twelve ninety nine. Yeah, that was probably. I knew I paid twelve ninety nine for some. Yeah, I got a little dollar action figure. Then I bought a vinyl figure. And of course, I got the one in there that I didn't want. But oh, well. he's cute. This one. He's cute. And from one of my favorite. In fact, it's from my favorite episode that series, which well, is the Cochrane. Right, if you want to bring which it in and trade it, I'll give you the the, the variant. Mm. Which, 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 see, knowing that that's one of your favorite episodes, I was kind of surprised that. Well, why are we stalling? This is big news we want to talk about. <laughs> uh, the mirror home right now is shouting, "Get on with it!" <laughs> the mirror is claiming that 100 long lost episodes of the show are, uh, were found more than 3,000 miles away in Ethiopia. And then, if the tapes are returned in time, the BBC hopes to announce the news during the celebrations uh, next month. But Which is not much different than the rumors that were, you know, postulated in uh, May and June. This, which the BBC this, shot down. Th- this was the this initial story similar, similar, that came yes. out. <clears throat> in now, fact, I saw it. I went ahead and posted it on the uh, our uh, Facebook site because you know I thought, well, here it is again. <laughs> but there were some tweets to follow it up. Did you see those tweets, Glenn? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Doctor Who's brand manager, Edward Russell, tweeted, It's Sunday, the weather's gray, and the papers are full of rubbish. Asked if he was referring to this above story. Right. And he said, what do you think? <laughs> so that to me would say, <coughs> uh, and, so some, and somebody from the restoration team wrote on Twitter, I would love it to be true, but it isn't. And somebody, the editor of the Doctor Who magazine said, it's nonsense, I'm afraid. However, Doctor Who online claimed there's definitely some misinformation about the Doctor Who missing rumors in today's Daily Mirror. We will finally break our silence on the subject by saying missing episodes have been found and some official news will be released within the next month. Can't say anything further, but it seems various outlets are reporting this now. As far as we've been told, it's not as many as 100. Then, this drama continues to unfold. (laughs) The Radio Times picks up the story. And says missing episodes from the from Doctor Who will be made available for sale to the public this week. Now that's I think that's kind of a key one there because it's it's not the Mirror. Yeah, it's not right. The it's Radio Times. This is Radio Times who has a very Times. good relationship with the BBC. And it's not saying a number; it's just saying missing episodes. Uh, it says the BBC Worldwide will put a previously lost. Put the previously lost episodes from different stories, both believed to be from the Patrick Troughton era, on sale on digital p- platforms such as iTunes from Wednesday. Does oh, it say Wednesday? I thought it said Tuesday. It says Wednesday. Oh, the, uh, yeah. They're holding a press conference, press conference Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, they believe the haul originated from Africa and have been digitally remastered for sale, although the details remain sketchy. Um... BBC spokesman's not officially confirming this yet. 
And then the mirror updates again, sourcing, <laughs> I'm assuming, itself and <laughs> sourcing <laughs> itself. And the radio Remember, times. this is the new, the, the mirror. Um, that BBC is now called a press conference and a screening on Tuesday in a London hotel. The location seems odd. Why a London hotel? Because they have ballrooms. Yeah. Okay. Probably a venue that... We closed Television Center. We used to be able to hold stuff in-house, <laughs> but not so much anymore. I'm not expecting everybody to truck up to Cardiff for this news. So... So an invitation was sent out that event details written inside and screen inside the written inside the screen an old fashioned sixty style television set, complete with a dial tuned in the channels, seeming to hint at the type of news to come. Journalists will be told exactly what old footage has been recovered with with some of it then broadcast on screen to watch. Uh, a senior BBC source said there will be big news this Tuesday regarding lost Doctor Who episodes. Um, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's talk oh, about wait, this. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The BBC okay. spokesman played down the reports that more than 100 of the old episodes had been found. Yeah. I, However, when he was asked if there were some episodes to announce this week, he admitted there is a connection. So, we're still waiting. For so, ultimately... Comments. What it looks like from all of this that we've gone through is that there's probably not... I was not, right! Well, I was right! I, 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 Say it, Glenn! I lean, Say to the, it. I lean to the fact that it's probably not the 100. I think that the mirror probably was repo, re, basically regurgitating the previous rumor. Agreed. Which was yes. that hundreds of episodes or hundreds of stories have been found in Africa. I think ultimately, and, and Keith talked a little bit about this off mic, I think ultimately what it will be is there's only a few. There's probably... Power of the Daleks or um, the Abominable Snowman or something, and maybe not even uh, all of the episodes. Yeah, but one of the episodes. Uh, the idea is to get it out soon because there's not going to be a lot of time to get, you know, because this is the 50th anniversary year, and instead of waiting for a DVD to get it, you know, added to like they did with Galaxy 4, putting that on the Asdex uh, special edition, right? Is that my yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Um, they're going to put it out there digitally so that fans can get a hold of it, you know, within this anniversary year. So that seems to me to be the only reason why they would be releasing these digitally. Yeah. Well, is, is that it's a, an episode out of a story that we still don't have the rest of the story. See, and I know, I'm not even sure it's just an episode out of the story. I I would go as far to be like Sean and think okay. that glass half. But how much? But that's optimism. Glass has, how much full, of that's optimism? And say that and there's well, probably a lot. But I I think that there's a good chance that it's probably a full story that they have found. But we'll see. I mean, the track record is that typically it's only ever been one or two. Episodes out of certain, you know, certain yes. stories. Because what was the other one you had brought up, Sean? Was recently Galaxy Four, Galaxy Four, and, and Underwater Menace. Yes, one out of the Underwater or Menace. Moonbase. Was, no, Moonbase is being animated. Yeah, Moonbase yeah, so is it's being Underwater animated. Menace. So, what if I just now thought of this? I want to go back to the part where you say I was right. <laughs> That's what I really want to drill down on. What if what if the episodes that were found were ones that were previously animated? And that's why they're releasing them digitally. Well, that could be indeed as well. I think that they, time for the special special edition. That would be un- <laughs> that would be unfortunate. That <laughs> it'd be like a really you just found these two yeah, plane of exactly, terror. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because it, it it just it's well or eat well 
or even it one could coming be up. from that. Yeah, that's what it'd be unfortunate with something that hasn't released yet. Oh, because you put all that money into animating yeah. some episodes, and then suddenly you mean we're already done with the moon base, and you found these two episodes. <laughs> My thought earlier was that perhaps they found what was missing from the invasion, and that's why they pulled invasion off the the market because oh, you can't get yeah. the invasion right now, and it's only what three years old. Yeah, it's not. On I, DVD, was, I was looking so, at that. Yeah, so maybe it's those. But anyway, we'll, we'll find out Tuesday. The, the exciting thing is, yes, we'll know by Tuesday and Wednesday. It sounds like we'll be have some new who available, and as I posted on Facebook. I will download the digital versions of whatever it is, whether it's piecemeal or whether it's full episodes or full stories, and I will download them. And then when they, if when and if they are released on DVD, I will buy that DVD as well. <laughs> so they're going to get their money out of me twice. The um, a couple of factors to look into that you know again trying to temper everybody's excitement levels is that one yes we found that or we're assuming yes we found some new episodes that's kind of where we're all leaving it. We don't know which episodes, we don't know how many, and right. we don't know the condition of them. That's the right. other thing that we really kind of have to take a look at. Now, they're obviously in good enough shape that they can clean them up and release them digitally. So that's fantastic news. But, you know, it, it would be such a tragedy to announce, yeah, we found 110 episodes of Doctor Who, and they were decayed beyond recognition and might as well not have even bothered renouncing it that we found them. I mean, that would just be like the ultimate. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, which could be this news as well. Yeah. Grain of salt. Grain of salt. <laughs> we found all these other right? ones, but these were the only two. These are the say. only these yeah, are the ones they did. They found everything, but only well, two of them are releasable. I the other know, thing, but. and here's me with my jubilant optimism again tonight, which I don't usually carry to this show, but my hope is that they found a significant amount, and they these are the two stories or episodes that they're releasing that they've had a chance to clean up because it takes a while. It takes a it's while a to do that. Process. It's not a quick process. And they want they don't want to put just junk out there. So they want to make sure that, you know, it's it's it looks good and is available. And so you work on them a little bit of time and so they look at it and go, "Well, let's let's do these two now and then, you know, in 6 months we have two more stories or two more missing pieces and then in, you know, 6 months we have two more um I'm hoping that that's that's the case. Um, obviously, again, we'll find out on Tuesday, which is just now less than a day away. So, didn't say what time it was either. No, but even evening there is noon here. So, yeah, we'll know early. <laughs> yeah, we'll know early in the day. That's <sighs> <laughs> well, a little more than a day. Less than two days away. Now. This is two years running now that we've had a really nice Christmas present in the form of we found something. Did we have that announcement before Christmas last year? Yeah. I guess we did because we saw a Galaxy. Four. Well, you didn't, but we no. got to see. I didn't think the, the Galaxy, Galaxy Four, four was in right February. until right before Galley, was it? or during Galley. I don't. Where were exactly. you during the Galaxy Galaxy Four presentation? That I was in there watching it, and you didn't. Were you probably, up getting Mel ready for the? I was pro- it might have been costume. Well, that, uh, that sounds right. Costume contest, uh-huh. but we might have been up getting her dressed for costume, or we might have—I don't know—I might have been taking. Because it seemed like it was in the evening <laughs> that they did it, though. Hmm. Wasn't it after the main opening? No, opening ceremony. Because we were at opening ceremony. We were at opening ceremony. And but I thought he ducked out. Ducked out. No, I missed opening ceremony. No, he missed. Oh yeah, that's right. Because I flew in late. I don't know. It doesn't matter. 
Anyway, we, I got to see it at Galley. Chrissy, well, I think, was in there watching it, too. Anyway, so exciting news. I don't know. I, I, you know, you we, sound very excited. The, the funny thing is, oh, I'm, I'm totally excited. Um, the only thing is we'll probably get this uh, podcast out and then find out when I'll be behind. <laughs> yeah. I'm off tomorrow, so hopefully I can get the podcast out on time. Well, that's, that's the way we generally work, is we, we're, we are so far ahead of the curve, we lead the news. So, <laughs> you hear, it, it sounds like we're really far behind. Like, oh, you guys are just now reporting on that. It was like last week. And it's like, yeah, it's because we were talking about it last week, and now we're really talking about it because we know what's going on. If only I could have a TARDIS to go ahead two days to find out what the announcement is. Wait a minute, if I had a TARDIS, I'd just go back and rescue them. <laughs> Episodes. <laughs> Not thinking fourth dimensionally. Yeah, I got a little problem with that. All right, shall we move on to feedback? Oh uh, yeah. All right, feedback. Where you looked at me like there was a song. I don't have a song. Um. <laughs> First up, Alex. Aloha, travelers. <laughs> hey guys, Alex here. Just I think writing. You need to read that like claptrap. Aloha, travelers. Aloha, travelers. Okay, it's been a while since I played some more games. Uh, I'm playing Last of Us. How's it? It's good, but it's really hard. Mm. It's one of those games where I die a lot, <laughs> and I can only play for like an hour at a time because I either I get too frustrated, or it's such a heavy story that I'm just like, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. Uh, Hey guys, Alex here, just writing in to welcome Sean back from his adventure in Hawaii. I really enjoyed listening to you recounting all your mishaps and wanderings. Your brother's Dora the Explorer sense of navigation was a particular highlight. And Hawaii sounds like an absolutely beautiful place. Also, I know your pain when it comes to trying to stand up on a surfboard. I've attempted it several times in the past, but my abysmal balance and lack of coordination practically throws me into the water every time. In your response to the, your question about e-readers, I don't know if I can be of any help since I'm personally not very fond of them. I just can't help but prefer to have a physical copy of a book in my hand. Plus, if you keep all your books on an e-reader, you never get to organize all your books on a bookshelf and watch your collection grow. I was laughing when I listening to Keith talk about getting to rearrange his bookcase because I'm exactly the same. <laughs> However, I'm not worried about e-readers killing off books. I don't think a nuclear apocalypse could kill off books. They're cockroaches of storytelling platforms. And I do recognize how convenient they can be. I just have an irrational mistrust of them. Of all my friends who have e-readers, the Kindle seems to be by far the most well-liked choice. So, though I don't have any personal experience with any of them, that seems to be the best way to go. Also, it was a lot of fun listening to you guys talk about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last week. I'm currently re-watching all of the MCU films, that's Marvel Cinematic Universe, with my sister to try and bring her up to speed. And I'm waiting until we've finished all the movies before I start with the TV show. I'm really looking forward to it, though. And if you guys ever do start branching off and reviewing non-Who related stuff, the MCU would be a great place to start. That's we'll all. do that now. <laughs> That's all for me. I promise next time I send in feedback, it'll at least be partially about Doctor Who. But for now, happy traveling. I'll bring this up. Alex, er, Alex, you're very smart to wait to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. until you've 
if you haven't seen he's Iron already Man seen 3. It. He's just watching him with his... But still, just uh, Iron Man 3 is a good reference point. I have to bring this up because this has been postulated twice and I didn't say anything last week, but I sort of wonder if there was some caveman somewhere when paper was invented, it said, you know, paper will never <laughs> kill off stone. And then eventually when books came around, there were some monks sitting around going, you know what? These books will never kill off scrolls. Bah, how long would it have taken? I'm not talking about longevity. I'm just talking about never. That's, that's, that's too finite. That's too I, finite. I said Netflix would never kill video stores. So... See, I think yeah, I think that, that I think I think the point I'm trying to get out here is I don't think written material will ever not exist because well no that's I mean when you when you equate movies didn't kill off books and libraries well no, it's not the same it's not the same but I have a feeling that written material will continue to evolve now are we close to e-readers taking over books entirely no probably not but will it someday I think it's hard to say it will never happen I think print books. At some point, will become obsolete, but probably not in our lifetimes. I, I, I think e-readers are in a, a greater likelihood of being obsoleted, uh, <laughs> just from other e-readers. From other readers, I, I, well, just when it gets e-readers. down to the point where you have the Matrix plug in the back no, of your head and you see, just digitally I, download no, information, I, that'll be that probably will happen eventually too, but not. That'll be, it's even further off. I, I, I think the lifetime. thing is, though, e-readers are still in their infancy. So yeah, I mean, that's true too. Yeah. So to say that they will never be killed off, I don't think you can do that. But probably in the sense that they're both referring, it's it'll be it would be a long time and probably not in our lifetime before yeah. they were gone. So I mean, they don't have books in Star Trek anymore. I mean, if they do, they're just they're like relics. They're, yeah, that's they're antiques, true. You know. <laughs> and they basically have e-readers, right? <laughs> All right. Anyway, next you up, you haven't watched Agents of Shield. I yet? still have not watched Agents of Shield. I'm thinking maybe tomorrow will be my day to play catch up. If you wait until so. Tuesday, you could do three. I could. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. All right, next up is David. David. David writes, At long last, the true threat of prisoners of time is exposed. But boy, what a clumsy way of getting there. <laughs> Dear Vortex Gang, just finished reading issue nine of Prisoners of Time, so I thought I'd send him some feedback, specifically with regards to the big reveal. Spoilers ahead for any of you that haven't read it. <laughs> That's me, not him. Because, of course, we're reviewing You haven't read it? No, I said that's me, not him saying that. Oh, oh okay. Yes, I, I told you <laughs> all my Lord. homework was done this week. <laughs> well, all my Vortex homework, all my real homework is still sitting there waiting for me. <laughs> well, that's okay, then. Not really. I thought the issue itself was good. No, that's okay for me. But the story was one that had been done before. <laughs> and this time, nothing new was really added to it. Although I did like the Scrooge McDuck reference. <laughs> However, the reveal that the big bad of the whole series was, in fact... Adam was one that I was half not expecting. I did kind of expect Adric sometimes, and even at one point thought it was going to be totally an, a totally original character, but did appreciate to a point. You see, the whole way in which Adam managed to become a swashbuckling, time-jumping being seemed a bit, well, over-the-top and dumb. Something just feels a bit off to me about it, but I guess I'll hold full judgment until after the series is done. It's just something about seeing that tube connected to his head or the whole... I managed to get a ton of money, and no one noticed me, so I was able to hire people to break into the museum that's meant to be filled with concrete stuff that put me off. Still looking forward to the rest of the series, and indeed your show, David. 
David, I suspect we'll have many uh, thoughts in regards to your thoughts uh, when we actually get to the review, but... Uh, that will come up shortly. <laughs> when that's coming soon, so... All right, next up is... Chrissy. All right, Chrissy writes, A blast from the past, um, the future. Dear Vortex Boys, Okay, who called it? One of you predicted that the big bad of Prisoners of Time would be Adam, but I can't yes. remember who. Whoever it yes. was, have a cookie. That would be Keith. I remembered us postulating it, but I couldn't remember because well, we talked about it. We did talk and, about it. But I couldn't remember which one of you and Keith and it, it was, reminded me of the other day. Said it. So, yeah. And for the record. So you can say, I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> but for the record, I was joking about we, it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> us playing light on it because we thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> The last person could be his Adam. <laughs> but it's a possibility. The newbie gets one right. Oh, you can't have any you're reading. All right. All right. Uh, she goes on to write, Now that we've had the reveal, I'm curious where they're going to take this story from here on out. Obviously, the stories for 10 and 11 are going to be slightly different from the others. It feels like we got the climax of the story early, though. Nine's knocked out and Rose is gone. Maybe 10 and 11 have to team up to save everybody. Who knows? But... I liked the, the twist. It certainly was. I was certainly wasn't expecting that. Even though Keith warned you. Even though no. I called it. <laughs> Come on. I guess you were just. Surprised I was still I was a little right. surprised by it. I was too. <laughs> As for the rest of the story, eh, it was all right. The creeper guy that wanted Rose to stay on the planet with him reminded me of all the creepers that Perry had to deal with in her time, which reminds me. We still don't know where the real Perry ended up, and what was Frobisher swapping places back in Six uh, Prisoners of Time's story. Still, so many questions, which hopefully they will address. I, I, you guys, you'll have to help me with my recall here. We still don't know where the real Perry ended up. Yeah, because Frobisher turned into Perry for that's Adam right. And, Adam that's right. Okay, him. okay. Because I, for some reason, I, I, I forgot that that's what it happened. I thought he'd taken both of them. Mm-mm. No. Okay, okay, so I, maybe I didn't realize that. Okay. Speaking of six, Project Twilight. I've listened to this story three or four times, and I really like it. It's really dark, but the darkness actually serves the kind of story that they're telling. I will admit the Doctor's reaction as the part one cliffhanger of vampires made me laugh, probably because it's hard to take vampires seriously anymore, but I like the explanation they gave and the action as the story goes on. As I understand it, this is the first part of a longer story arc that weaves in and out of the Seventh Doctor storyline in Big Finish. So it's something I'm going to have to hang with to get the full picture, but just from listening to the first part, it's probably worth it. Okay, I've got to head out. Until next time, Chrissy. Thank you very much, Chrissy. And we'll address that story soon as well. Vampires? I can't do it justice. He had such a great delivery. <laughs> Just got warm fuzzies. I love six. Up next is Holly. Holly writes 145, Project Twilight. Sparkling vampires need not apply. Hey guys, Project Twilight. This was my first audio adventure with Evelyn Spike. I have to say that I really enjoyed enjoy her character. And will most, like, most definitely go back and check out some of her earlier stories with the Sixth Doctor. We get a nod to Zagreus in this story. That was rather, This was a rather interesting story with the vampires being a race that actually attacked the Time Lords long ago. I have to admit, in the beginning half the story, I thought we were going to be dwelling with, the Jack, with, a, with a Jack the Ripper type alien. 
Then when the sun disease got all brought got brought up, that's when I started to think that they were going to go the vampire route with this story, and it's very well done. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts and everyone else's on this episode. Holly from Wisconsin. Hope I didn't lose any pieces. Um, Holly, I think you just won the award for naming this week's show. <laughs> that is a good, a, a good name. Vamp- sparkling vampires, sparkling vampires need not apply. apply. Uh, there was one more bit of feedback that I wanted to mention. Um... Let me find it now real quick. Uh, Theta Sigma Doctor Who podcast posted on our Facebook page, and I wanted to to uh, read out what he said and uh, thank them for their comments. He said, Hey guys, just want to drop in and say what a great podcast you guys host. Love hearing you what you are all up to and your discussions on the week's topic. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you very much. I just thought it was a very nice little note they sent to us. All right, well, let's move on to business at hand, and we are starting with, this week, Project Twilight. Once my page will load. Okay, there we go. 1999, (laughs) the sixth Doctor and Evelyn try to find out what connects Project Twilight, a secret government initiative, to a seedy casino in London Docklands. Dun, dun, dun. That was a really short synopsis. I found the short one. Because the other one's really long. What do you think, Sean? Um, I don't know. We always start with Glenn. I'm feeling out of sorts. I liked this one. I, I, I um, honestly, I put it on the schedule just because I kind of felt like it was time to get some more evil in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> we we kind of skipped ahead to do some other things, and so it was like we've got to get back to this one. And, um. This was next in line, right? We it haven't was, been yeah. jumping around. We haven't jumped any of Evelyn's time stream. Time stream. We're still chronological with her. So right before this would have been the Silurian story. Blood type, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I thought it was. I thought it was very good. I thought it was very well done. Um, once again, with every audio that I listen to, I love Colin Baker more and more because he's just just nails it. I love Evelyn as a character. Um, the plot to this one. There, there were elements of it that I really, 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 really liked. And then there were other elements that are kind of like, eh, I'm not sure how I really feel about that. Um, I don't want to pick it apart yet, because I'm kind of interested in getting your guys' opinions before I say anything. That's why you wait to go last. That's usually why I wait to go last, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll just, okay, well, here, we're going to mix it up for you. Well, are ready for this? Um, it felt a little bit like V for Vendetta. I didn't get that vibe at all. You didn't get that vibe at all? Um, I totally agree with what you said, Keith, when you said... <laughs> this was off mic. It's Blade. Blade 2, specifically. Yeah. Um, felt very Blade 2. With all these. I didn't get that either. But maybe, because I, maybe because I heard this first, then saw Blade 2. That could be. Because uh, um, I, I heard this years and years ago. And I didn't like Blade 2. This oh, was I better. Like, I liked Blade 2. I, was, I thought Blade 2 was the weakest of the three. I really liked Blade 2. I haven't seen Blade 3 yet, though. Um, you mean Blade Trinity? Or Blade Trinity. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, there, there were a lot of things that I really liked, and then there was a lot of things that... Okay, so, where ultimately the plan is I am going to unleash this virus on humanity. Okay, I'm going to 
just give you the whole, I'm going to crush the vial in my hand and the virus will be spread bit, even though you had to inject it into the other girl to get it to work, and I didn't hear you talk anything about weaponizing it or creating an aerosol or something that's going to dissolve yeah, the Yeah, things kind of escalate Because I'm pretty quickly. sure if you threw that in the Thames, the Thames would kill it. It's Thames. <laughs> Thames. It would just kill it. Um, because, yeah. Go <laughs> ahead, throw a life form in here. See what happens to you. Virus? No problem. Um, but... Um, Okay, well, I'll, I'll skip over that. I'm not, I'm not going to qualm about that. Why do why do the megalomaniacs never think their plans through? <laughs> I'm going to turn all of humanity into vampires. Great. That's, what are you going to eat? You will have nothing to feed on. It's uh, that Ethan Hawke movie. Is what the, will, what will become Daybreakers? Yeah. Yeah. Where there are no humans and everyone has to ration and yeah. I mean, are are they going to just? Oh, we've got a couple of. Uh, blood farms, which oh wow, the blood farm, mega points. That was a really creepy, cool. Where they were, and, and it was just the fact that they went a step further than they were taking people and keeping them for blood. Yeah. The fact that they were breeding, breeding them people specifically for, for this. that purpose. Just a high, high, high marks for a well, very. That shouldn't have surprised you at all, Sean. I'm going to step in here and just do a little tiny minor spoiler because. In fact, when I listened to this years ago, and then I started listening to this again, I went, oh, crud. We did it again to Keith. We didn't watch State of Decay before this. Now, later on as I listened to it, I recalled that there, there's just really kind of a mention of – it's really kind of the mention of va- vampire lore that we get yeah, out of I, this. I, I, and there's, there's no reference to State of Decay it. other than there are some correlations. Um, however – that's what they were doing in State of Decay was they had these uh, blood banks essentially that they were using uh, they were, humans in they order were to humans? well they, well, they, they weren't breeding them that's, that's, they were, that's, they, that's were the cool. they were plucking them from the village and they were yeah. using that, them yeah to, that, that's a pretty common vampire trope yeah that that, that the, in State of Decay it's very much we're just calling the the, the populace this yes, was yes. specifically. We have captured you. We have bred you. We're keeping you in cages. Just You're like not cattle. even human anymore. Yeah, it's like cattle yeah. to that extent. And and I give them full props for going in that because that in and of itself is a very adult, very dark, very sci-fi idea. And I really appreciate. It. Now I, I didn't enjoy that from the you know this is a really creepy aspect of this story, but I appreciated the fact that they went to that level. To, to really kind of drive home that creep factor and do, and I just uh, you know, I had a similar idea uh, for a, a, a script that never wound up being written that I was going to do um, in which uh, a Star Trek script, in which they find out the Borg have been hmm. breeding humans specifically to be assimilated. Ooh, I thought they, you know that's kind of cool idea. So it reminded me a lot of that, and I was like, hey, cool. I thought of this first, but <laughs> probably not. I don't know when this came out, but so I, I liked that of it. Um, but yeah, like, what are you, you going to? Do you have? You, I'm kind of of the opinion that it seems like you guys only have the three of you uh, of these vampires. Well, there was well, and it ends up being three. Ends but up there being was three. more before that. Well, I don't know if you can count Nathaniel or whatnot. Yeah, Nathaniel was kind of a he. Well, he was a vampire, yeah. but his weakness is what basically mutated him. Right. So. so I also like. I don't that. know how many blood farms they could have set I, up. That and that's that's what. You ent- you bring vampires and werewolves and stuff in the science fiction, and I start to have issues with it mm-hmm. because I think they're mostly supernatural. I liked how this explained why they're vampires. The fact that 
it's not uniform throughout the board. They're not afraid of garlic. It's not. They won't shy away from a cross. The it, it does a nice way of explaining why the mist became of sunlight because a certain vampire had that certain weakness, and so that got written into the lore. I appreciate it when any story explains away the lore for Dracula and everything else that's set up when they're doing their own thing. And the fact that they weren't just spawns of the devil. Yeah. They were scientifically created. Okay, you won me. I have no qualms with the vampires in that's this now. That's not exactly true, and I've got a little foreknowledge, so I have to be careful how I tread. It's not, they're not, they're not entirely scientific. This particular version the of vampires, right, the forge basically is kind of Torchwood-esque or Unit-esque. They discovered alien genes or technology or something, and that's well, what. So they did. Still, it's, they did. Yeah, but I guess I guess I want. I don't want you to get the impression that they they formulated this in a test oh, tube and oh, well, then did it. It actually comes from something that is related to state of decay and something that the doctor said. You know, the doctor mentions in this particular story that. Uh, the vampires were driven away from, were driven out of yes. the, basically the galaxy because you know, they were the scourge of, of the galaxy, and so they, and were, I, they were driven I like out. That these ones weren't specifically those vampires either. Yes, yeah. but so that's a new batch. In a way, they're descendants. They're of descendants them. not descendants because uh, of the. Yeah, I mean they're they're quasi descendants of those of these vampires. But, but it, it, I guess, it would be kind of like. I think if I remember right, because I have heard. Most of the pro- project stories that that involve the the forge, and unfortunately, I can't. And it's been so many years ago; I can't remember. But if I remember right, we learn more of where this virus comes from, where the, mm. where they get the genes and the mutations in order to to use them on these. Oh, and, and that's and that's so, what I like the fact yeah. that it was just basically okay. a genetic. Mutation. And I, I didn't mean to jump in and interrupt you. I just don't want to make sure you didn't think it was completely fabricated in a lab. Well, no, yeah. I, I, okay. I got the impression that it was, and it was just that it's not supernatural means, okay. and that they aren't descendants of actual Dracula. It's right, right, yeah, right. It's, that it's a genetic mutation, and it's very clear in the story that it is. But I sort of get the impression that the, that the vampires that came down through history were descendants of this species that the doctors are aware of, that the Time Lords are aware of as well. That, so, that's, that's possible too. Yeah. Uh, but so Dracula could have been one of those. But it still lends to the it, these, the scientific explanation for vampires. And yes. as you said, the legends and lore. Get kind of Creed. exaggerated yes. based on fact, and so yeah, I, and, and this in, in a way would do the same thing. And it's very common for any writer to do any, when they do a vampire; they tend to create their own lore. So before you jumped in, things. and I was going to say that was one of the things that I liked about this is the fact that you know, it, it kind of along the same lines of that the lore has been created that they or the legend has been created that you know they they can't go out in the sunlight. Well, essentially, each vampire has, has their, their own, own weakness, yeah. and some of them might actually be allergic to sunlight, but some Which, of them, obviously, yeah. as we find out in this, are allergic to water or other you know, different yeah. elements that, that cause them to uh, basically have a kryptonite. Although I never really got the impression in the story they, uh, they had the blood bags, but they don't really feed, I never noticed in the story. The, what's his name, Reggie? Was drinking... Blood straight out of a uh, glass, although 
it sounded more like it was really thin blood because he was pouring and drinking it like it was liquor. But yeah, that was but, that but, was him but, drinking but, blood. But they don't. That they was didn't the impression. feed in the typical vampire. Fashion. Oh no no no! Yeah, bite on the neck and yeah. No they no didn't no. Have and that, and which, they don't instead decay nice, either. Nice you know, twist. It, they're harvesting that blood from these blood banks and and basically you know sucking it down in a glass. Which so. and I, I always appreciate when. Which you, is maybe why the pours pours easier, easier because. Did I get this name right? Is it Reggie? Reggie. Yeah, um, Reggie, maybe he mixes it with <laughs> harder maybe. drinks. I don't know. Because oh. <laughs> as he threw it down, he sounded like he was drinking straight liquor, you know? Yeah. So. There are a couple, there are, well, they're not a couple. There's a lot of tropes in this story. Oh, there we, certainly we, we, are. We've got. But they were used the well. The Van Helsing character. Yeah, they're used well. Which I felt Nimrod. like they didn't really. Nimrod. They explained Nimrod, but it. I don't know, it just. Stand by, faithful. Yeah. I, <laughs> Does he come back? The, the way this ended with him not being dead at the end. Yeah. That's the... I didn't see as the they unravel, that he was the doctor uh, that created them. I didn't see that. I didn't see that twist coming. As so they unravel that. the mystery of the Forge, they'll, we'll get a lot more background on Nimrod. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, um, he was he was definitely the Van Helsing character. And then, I, I don't know about anybody else, but when she's going on pleading with the doctor about her poor sob story and... He's like, oh well, I suppose I could help you. Every I'm screaming. What are you? She's evil. <laughs> Don't buy that. Really? She's got a dead body on a plate in the back room, and you're just gonna? Okay, I'll help you. Doc, what's going on with you? I think the problem with that though is is, is you have a little more high, you have a little more foresight or, or information in the story than, than the, the doctor, doctor does. That's yeah. true. because she's being very vicious and evil before when we're first introduced to her. But they try to play it off as though maybe we've misunderstood this character that maybe she really is trying to be helpful and that she's you know trying to she was in the middle of trying to get a cure for this person when they died. So I mean you're you're let, I mean, in fact when I listened to it the first time years ago I kind of thought oh they were misdirecting me I thought she was bad she really is good so yeah, the I first mean, time that that happened when I, I read well, it now was, this time I had you know <laughs> I had a lot more knowledge and I was screaming at the thing going you stupid idiot she's the bad guy now. <laughs> but uh, I remember before not thinking thinking oh they're they're just you know using some misdirection so that I think that she's bad and she's really not and then they turn around and reveal that she is so I thought the same thing. The first time, or while listening to this, so oh. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought, oh, maybe they're actually going to prove that Sounds she's better not at spotting evil. Apparently, <laughs> takes one to know one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, so that was there. I the other parts of my concerns kind of stem from the ending, which, knowing that there are more stories, I'm kind of willing to kind of mm-hmm. uh, I'm yeah, willing to kind of set that on the back burner. But the idea that we're going to drop... What was her name? Cassie, the waitress. We're just going to drop Cassie off in Norway. There you go. I'll check in on you later. Yeah, we're going to come back and... Good luck. Yeah. I've got a whole lab full of equipment and a time machine. I can go anywhere in the galaxy and fix this. But, nah, we'll just drop you off in Norway. What do they say in Norway? Advitazane? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a little weird. I, did, I didn't just, like that aspect well, of it. Well, and, you know, the whole thing... with Her whole character arc was... The kid. I got. I got to make my fortune so I can get back to the kid. I regret leaving my kid. I'm a vampire. I can't go home to the kid. What have I done? Uh, leave me in Norway. What does that have to do with the kid? Why not just let him cure you? Yeah. Go get fixed. Then go to the kid. Obviously, she's got to factor in because of what Nimrod says at the end. Oh yeah, there was an offspring. I'll go get her for you. I was like, okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to allow it, but it just seemed. It just seemed weird. Um, but doesn't 
I was kind of surprised that Amelia lived also. Yeah, that they you know just always dropped her in the river and she may be alive, she may be dead. She we got don't away. Know. The main vampire the main woman. Vampire she died. No, they didn't. No, well, they, at least yeah, they didn't really tell us. But see, they, they, they don't, they, he presumes that she suffered from the same affliction as uh, what's his name, he and, says and that water was. Maybe. I would think she would I have known that, water well, was long before that. She waters. I don't recall her returning though, so I think that she doesn't. They might what have. I've seen. They might have. Maybe wanted to. Well, her maybe kept her on just, the just back burner in case maybe, they needed yeah. to reinduce her. But I, they haven't. Uh, I never got any of the stories that, she was that killed, I. Though. So I guess maybe that's why. Having gone on and knowing she doesn't show up again, maybe in my mind this time listening to it, going, "Oh yeah, no, she was dead." So then, then there's this. I don't. Maybe I just missed this part. The forge where all of this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. This is this is the part that's me very much me for vendetta. That there's this organization that's doing this genetic experimentation, and then one. Oh, it's, 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 okay, all right. I, 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 I kind of see where you're coming it's, from now. It, it, I still don't get that. Vibe, I, I got I'm, more of a almost Hellboyish vibe from it than anything else. Agreed. Because, Agreed. because Agreed. it felt it felt Agreed. more like. Uh, so Guillermo del Toro did this episode. The, the not, yeah, pretty much the Nazis <laughs> trying to get a one-up. Right. That's, okay. that's the okay. impression I got the entire time of what the Forge was. So, but the Forge were the good guys. She, she they weren't the Nazis. She, from she, a certain she, point of view, <laughs> she shoots the doctor. The Nazis were a good guy from uh, a certain point well, of view. We'll call him Nimrod so as not to confuse him with the doctor. She, she shoots Nimrod and escapes. Did, did I miss the part? Didn't she, like, blow the forge up in order to get... He blew up. He blew up the forge. He blew the... Well, well he blew, oh, the, oh, oh, he blew oh, the, the lab forge. up. He blew the, the lab up. Yeah. But apparently not the forge, because he's lying there dead, injects himself with the vampire venom so that he'll survive. The, the, the forge is an organization, so don't don't, but then he don't makes, confuse that with... Well, okay, because he, okay. he, that, maybe that's what I was doing, because he, he makes the comment that he had to keep going back to the forge, and they fixed his... Sunlight right. The forge is, an, forge is an organization. Uh, okay. We don't see we don't any other see, forge okay. members in this. He, he right. refers to them. I just the forge. He just like Rassilon. This, the forge. And know, this is not giving anything away. This is not giving anything away. This story is very clear that he's pretty much a cyborg by now. Yeah. Because he makes yeah. a comment. Do you like my armor? And I've had some more uh, upgrades since la- he's talking to Reggie. I've, I've got had more upgrades because he and Ra- Reggie at one point had some sort of battle, and he. Totally decimated Reggie, and Reggie took some time to recover. Yeah, and so now Reggie's ready, you know, to go back because he feels like he's stronger and he can take on Nimrod, and he's got a bigger head about it in this story. Uh, well, at this point, I shouldn't say in this story. There was there's no background to that other than what they allude Reggie, to. Reggie the idiot. Yeah, <laughs> but um, what, he sounded very familiar to me. Did you guys think his he voice? sounded a little bit like Mark Shepard, but wasn't obviously. Yeah. I don't think he was, but. I didn't look. I guess it could have no, been Mark Shepard. I'm pretty sure. I'm just assuming Mark it wasn't Mark Shepard. It wasn't Mark Shepard. Um, uh, I've, honestly, I've enjoyed this story both times that I've was, listened to it's it. It's an enjoyable it's, story. It's, 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 it's a fun good. ride, despite any issues that. The issues in it that, that are and you brought up are, are there, but they're minor to me. Yeah, they're they're, they're really so are. second that the story is so good and, and it's so well told. What I really enjoy about this is that, is that Big Finish. More than any other story that came ahead of this, and this isn't too far into the line. This is like forty-five or something like that. Forty-three. Was it earlier? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. That's. What, I'm sorry. Yeah, was, this was in the twenties. So, more so than anything that has come ahead, this is a a, a bold, dark story with some very graphic elements in it. 
Mm-hmm. But as, I think as Chrissy or, or, or Holly pointed out, I think it was Chrissy, the, the, the violence in it and the, the gruesomeness of it serves the story very well. It really it, does. It doesn't, it's not gratuitous as though you know some people would just, if you're trying to do a dark vampire story, would just throw a, lot, a bunch of, you know, if Quentin Tarantino had done this, it had been, which speaking of Tarantino, did you notice that the, the name of the bar, that Reggie's bar, is The Dusk? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dusk. So anyway, but uh, you know, if Tarantino had done it, it'd just been blood-soaked walls. But they, it's really tactfully done. It's it's tactful and very necessary and, for the story. Shocking, yeah. When it needs They're to be, but not, moments, yeah. but not more than it needs to. I would agree. Um, I, I thought his voice sounded like Vinnie Jones. Yeah, you don't think so? Yeah, it's been yeah, a while since I've seen Snatch. So I don't know who that is. Um. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you guys kind of hit on everything. It's 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 evil in at her best. I, although I've never seen evil in her worse yet, or heard <laughs> evil in her worse yet. Oh, the doctor continues to be better and better. I felt every like time they didn't give evil in quite enough to do. Like she had the great stuff with um, Cassie. I think so, but, but it felt yeah. like she was kind I, of more on the back burner. The nice than, thing than like blood type. Yeah, I would agree. Where she's so strong and so great, which is maybe why they did that because it, they they strike a balance maybe. because the doctor doesn't have a lot That's to do true. in blood type. It's really Evelyn's story, and Evelyn was even very much the strong in and, uh, uh, the one with Queen Victoria or uh, yeah Queen uh, Tudor. Yeah. Uh, what was the fir- her, her, her first one. Yeah, her first story. I mean, she's heavy, heavy in that. So, uh, she, yeah, she, she is kind of put back on this one. But I, I love the fact this was this was wonderful. In fact, I didn't see this coming the first time, and I probably should have. When Cassie and her, you know, Cassie has been turned, and Reggie basically turns her loose so that she could feed on Evelyn, and then he she turns on him. I loved oh, that. that was a great, that was so wonderful. Great and you bit. can tell that it was because of that bond that Evelyn, you know, she was so sympathetic mm-hmm. for Cassie. She was so, you know, I want to help you, and she was so um, uh, passionate with her, and was and it just, it was that uh, handling of Cassie is the reason why that turns out that way, and I, I so love that connection and well, that bonding that, that Cassie and Evelyn, Evelyn uh, formulated there. I, th- I think the bond is a, a big part of it, but I like the fact that it also shows that just because others might consider you a monster doesn't mean you actually yeah, are. That's true, and that's a great exploration. I think of, that's just because you made me a monster doesn't mean I have to act like you. Yeah. That also, I always like when they do something that like that. That also lends credibility to why the doctor would just leave her, leave her to her own. I don't, I don't devices. like that he left her, but it gives, it does give credibility. Yeah. Well, it's not so much that I'm worried that Cassie's going to reverse type and begin, you know, raiding. <laughs> She's going to go thirty days and nights, and you know, stealing children. But it just, it just seems an odd place to leave the character after the arc that we'd gone through with her to just. Oh, I have to take responsibility for it, and I'm going to be dropped off in the snowy fields of Norway. I, okay, I don't get it. Because she's, obvious, she's obviously Scottish, you know. Because it's dark all the time. Yeah, and he's going to go get her. Thirty days of night. He's going to go get her. He's going to go get her daughter and or her daughter, her son, and bring him to her, and they're going to be able to live happily ever after. Well, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Could, could have taken her to an abandoned okay. asteroid. Wasn't it for a that son too? Yeah. Just to be, mm-hmm. but wasn't it a son? I thought it was a son. 
It is a son. I, I, said, said, I said daughter, and I said I mean her son. Oh, okay. I corrected myself. I didn't, I didn't hear you correct yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was her son. Or was it? I do know more than you. No. No, it was a son. I... Anything else about Project Twilight? I don't think so. So, um, since you've read the others, how... how, how read them, I listened to them. Or, since you've listened to the but others. But I only well, correct you because novel. nobody said last week when I uh, referred to the rest of the Ninth Doctors as audios. <laughs> nobody corrected me last week when they were novels. <laughs> uh, did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, how... how how dedicated should we be to getting the rest of these Twilights on the schedule? That's the, the problem is I remember out. minute details about them, but I, I'll, I'll go look now. I'll go investigate this so that we well, don't spoil anything. Since you've heard them, I think we, I think we stay on the line of these mutated di- vampires with some reference to, like we did in this one, the fact that vampires were. Well, but you said they come back like in the seventh Doctor era. If we continue with yeah, the I line, think both there's the two next, more the stories. Next project I think there's one. Project Destiny and Project Lazarus. Uh, Pro- Lazarus is first. Project and then Lazarus. Project Destiny is number forty-five, and they're both uh, okay. they're both seventh Doctor, I believe. It looks like, according to the cover, Lazarus maybe you're not supposed to be peeking six and seven. I'm just going by the cover, which I could see by them, looking at my computer. Yeah. It's been many years, but and yeah, I'm looking. And the 139 there. And 139 some, is the uh, other one. I'll do some checking, make sure. There's also a novel, apparently. Oh, Project Valhalla. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to delve into that because <laughs> I know a little something more about that too. Oh. Can I give you a real brief encapsulated book review on, on, on Endgame since I finished Absolutely. It? We're done with this. Let's Are do that in between this yeah, and the Prisoner of the Time. So imagine that this is two weeks ago, and I'm sitting in on the book reviews, <laughs> and we're in that atmosphere, and it's all Eighth Doctor and Spies. Okay? You got that? You got the atmosphere and the mindset? Okay, so Endgame by Turn Sticks is very much another one of those novels that's set in that exact same time frame. The Doctor's lost his memory. I don't know why. They is it Fitz and no, he's not got any companions. He's oh. on Earth, and he's stranded. Maybe it's a different time that he lost his memory. I don't know. <laughs> he's living a very normal, mortal life, even though he's not normal and he's not mortal. <laughs> he's got a flat. He's got a basement where he keeps this big, gigantic blue box, and he goes and opens it, and there's nothing inside. It's human nature meets the lodger. Yeah. It, <laughs> he, he stands there and he looks at it and he's puzzled because he knows there should be something there. And he opens it up, there's nothing inside, and he closes the door. And it's like waiting for the refrigerator light to come on. Open? No. Open? No. And he just keeps doing this. In the meantime, he's spending every waking moment uh, in, in the, the, the National Registry looking at things in the library, reading these reports. And he doesn't know what he's searching for. He just knows that he's searching. He's got a friend who's a drunk. Oscar the drunk. Oscar is paranoid. Oscar is in the former intelligence service. And Oscar comes to him one day and says, they're chasing me. And the doctor's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, I'm going to give you these papers. And he goes, I don't want them. I'm not involved. He goes, no, trust me. you got to have these papers because they're going to come after me. The doctor takes Oscar home. thinks he'll have a good night on the bed. And he'll sleep on the couch. And Oscar will feel better in the morning. And nobody will be chasing him. Oscar sneaks out and gets promptly picked up by the KGB, who are a little more overzealous in their interrogation techniques. And off poor Oscar. But the papers are still with the doctor, who wakes up and finds them. He's infuriated that Oscar would 
pull such a dirty, rotten trick on him. He gets picked up by the KGB. He gets vigorously interrogated by the KGB. The British agents break him out of that after he pretty much gave him what for because <laughs> I've been interrogated by better than you. And It's a very eighth doctor moment. Um, and it's fun hearing Paul McGann's voice in your head when you're reading this. And so they go on and on and on. And he kind of gets roped into the British Secret Service because there are these shadowy players that are unbalancing the war. Now, it's set um, you know, kind of at the height of the Cold War. Lenin's uh, still around. Um, we've had the, the, the fall of Germany and everything, but the pieces on the board are still very much uh, you know, in a state of flux, and Truman is president. Well, these shadowy players are some sort of alien entity that has been playing games on Earth for a long time, and now they've declared an end game where they're going to just go ahead and go for broke, move all the pieces into position, and see which side gets to win and burn the planet down. <laughs> so the one side's pushing Truman to, you know, okay, you fired MacArthur, but we're going to invade China, we're going to invade Korea, we're going to invade, and the Korean War's going on at this point. And, you know, he's they're kind of trying to push Truman into dropping another nuke. And the other side's got uh, uh, Stalin and they're kind of trying to push him into a first strike against America and the doctor kind of gets bounced back and forth as a very unwitting unwilling I'm not happy about this pawn to uncover this bigger conspiracy there are members of the intelligence community that are aware of the players they're not quite sure what's going on with them but they know that there's another entity out there that's causing problems and trying to put a stop to it because well let's just face it our own government's not up to the task so there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of running through quarters action with, you know, a, a, a double agent who's actually a triple agent, and on and on and on, and the doctor's just kind of bum, 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 bum. He meets Truman. Uh, there's a really bad, mad scientist who's been pushing Truman with the mind control device. It's, you know, it's the 50s, so they've got the, the psi power experiments and all this kind of stuff. He goes to Russia and meets Stalin, and the final reveal or toward the end of the book, it's probably about three-quarters of the way through the book, where I'm, I'm just kind of cruising on autopilot through most of this, because it's like, eh, it's all right. The reveal is when the Countess, the woman who's kind of been influencing Stalin on his end, meets the doctor, and she says, oh, it's you. I was wondering if I would meet you again. And my <laughs> ears pricked up, and I went, oh, who, who is this? <laughs> where, where, you know. And she says, first you were that funny little clownish man, and then that giant bull bear. She says, you've changed again. And he says, do I know you? And she says, well, you knew me as Countess so-and-so and Countess such-and-such. I'm racking my brains trying to figure out who these two Countesses are. I've done a little bit of research, but I haven't actually had the chance to sit down and, and, and really delve into it. But I believe it's implied that she's the Countess from City of Death. Oh. Okay. And that apparently she is an alien who also met the second Doctor. And that she was just in a different form. Okay. So it's like, ooh, all of a sudden this got really cool. I'm going to have to delve into this. Unfortunately, it doesn't really go anywhere from there. Mm -hmm. She goes back and reports to the masters that, you know, the doctor's here. Well, did you take care of him? No. He's broken. I'm not going to mess with him until he's a, a, a worthy opponent. But right now, he's not, he's not a, you know, he's not a full strength. And... The doctor kind of convinces her that maybe an end game is not such a good idea, and she says, "Oh, I agreed with you. I was outvoted on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other guys wanted to do it. I, we've had too much fun on this planet. Why would I want to see it burn?" 
But um, so he convinces her, and she kind of calms Stalin down. And the doctor has busted up the mind hypnosis ring in Washington, so everything kind of goes back to normal. And then there's a strange epilogue where it kind of reveals what happened to all the spies that you met during this ride. And it's like, I don't care about these people. What do you? Okay, sure. And the doctor gets his box back, and he's very happy, and he goes back to living his normal mundane life, because he still hasn't figured out who he is, other than that he now has a sense of purpose, because he's kind of been rekindled with that interest in helping people. Okay. So he's got that back, at least. Hmm. And that's where it ended, and I just thought, wow, for a Terrence Dix novel, I'm really kind of disappointed with this, because I just expected something mm-hmm. much more grand, and, you know, I love Terrence Dix, and, you know... Everything Terrence Dix writes is awesome. No, not so much. Well, I could say that this is actually between... Okay. This is a couple of stories before um, Earthworld, and even more so stories yeah. before... So it's uh, earlier in that run. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But... It's got to be in, after the only reason the I know this, and, I, and I'm looking, because there's a gap here where he has no companions. There's one, two, three, four, five... Uh, four, where he has no companions, and that must be what happened. In Earthworld... I think I alluded to this fact that Fitz isn't really Fitz. He's a copy of Fitz from yeah, you didn't there that. on. And that Fitz was a real guy, but that he's kind of a replacement for Fitz. Well, I, they also make this, they allude to the fact that the doctor, that Fitz has been waiting around and the doctor's been searching for Fitz for like a hundred or a thousand years or something like that. Mm. So you get the impression, it must be a hundred, but you get the impression that, the, that a lot of this blank area takes place in this hundred years that he's searching for Fitz, or Fitz has waited a hundred years to meet back up with the Doctor. He, don't know he, exactly does, he doesn't how. know why the Doctor hasn't come from right. yet. But and at some point in Fitz, okay. Compassion's, Fitz and Compassion's last story with him, because Compassion would have been a former companion in this run as well, at some point the Doctor loses his memory because okay. of events. Okay, there's, there's a book, The Ancestors Cell, which yes. starts off <laughs> According to Tardis, interestingly Wikia. enough, it has Romana three in it. Ooh. According to this, Romana uh, three. Tardis, yeah. Tardis Wikia. It's a line of books where he's lost his memory and is exiled to Earth. Yeah, from the events that happened in Ancestors. Maybe so. Romana's the one that exiles. I don't know. So anyway, you're in that. But, but so there. then he's been yeah. separated from everybody. All right. Well, hmm. and then he meets up again with. It almost uh, seems like Angie, you need to, uh, or he meets up again with Fritz, and then picks up Angie and or Angie in the Nick in two bucks later. So cool. Interesting. Well, interesting. Well, that sounds like yeah. It sounds like it. It, it has this inter- this fantastic premise, and just kind of drops off and fizzles there at the end. So, which I too am surprised that the Terrence Dix novel would. I said it's not that Let it was, down. Yeah, I mean, much. it's not that it was. It was not an enjoyable read, because it was. It's just that I. I, I didn't necessarily go into it. I, I went into it expecting a Doctor Who book, not necessarily a '60s spy thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a lot of Doctor Who-ish elements. Right. right. And no actual Doctor, since he doesn't remember everything. Yeah, I mean, he's and, and he's he's almost. He's almost kind of more of the uh, Tom Baker from Seeds of Doom Doctor because there's a lot of running about and bashing people in the face with, <laughs> you know, Venusian Aikido as needed and, and dismantling guys with. I mean, there's there's one particular assassin uh, who is one of the players, 
and he keeps coming after him, not necessarily because it's part of the Grandmaster plan, but because it's going to cause a minor bit of chaos, and he's just all about that, but the Doctor's in the way. And so he surprises the Doctor the first encounter, but as they keep being repeated, the Doctor just seems almost bored with him, even though he's an, he's an alien entity, and he's got some sort of magical he can, you know, apparate and, and despair at will and do all kinds of stuff. But the Doctor's almost bored with him, he, he, despite his supernatural powers. He throws him off a train. <laughs> he throws him out of a moving car. He th- I mean, he, and the guy keeps showing back up, and the doctor's like, "Oh, you're back!" And then he throws him out of a moving vehicle. <laughs> Just like Huck, get out of my way! I'm busy. So, and again, because it's Paul McGann, it's done with much aplomb and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just uh, it wasn't quite what I was hoping for when I was reading it. So, Sorry. so there's my book hmm. review. Well, very good. Well, thank you for interesting. This. A little aside there. All right, well, let's move on to Prisoners of Time, number nine. Called it. <laughs> yes, you did. Number nine. Number, number nine. nine. Number nine. I thought this was a... First half of this comic is all just set up, really. And it feels... Ru- I was reading, When I was reading it, I was like, this seems like it's just rushing. Yeah. Completely feels right. Why the the motivations of this guy aren't well realized, but it's all so we can just get to the big reveal, right. which takes half the book. Which stinks that we. It, it it's almost like we feel compelled to. They, they they almost shouldn't have included the story. Yes, they should agreed. have just gone straight out. Agreed. And done the reveal and fall out. And, and dealt more with the with Adam's backstory, so that doesn't feel rushed, because that yes. was another issue that I had with this, is not only did we spend half this book on a story that really doesn't matter, and, to, and then we turn around and rush through Adam's backstory so that it's not quite believable enough. You know what I mean? Because uh, as somebody else said, I'd like to know how Adam went from being this, you know, nerdy geek doof to this swashbuckling... <laughs> yeah, it, it it didn't play out very well. I I liked it, except for all those things that you guys just pointed out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I thought the see, I didn't like it. That's my problem. The, the tone. I didn't have a problem with it. Of the ninth Doctor, Rose conversations was spot on. Agreed. Agreed. The, 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 They're the, written well. Very very well written ninth Doctor, um, and a lot of his his comments. Um, but Adam's not written well. Harry Hughes, Bill Gates, Scrooge McDuck's peasants. I mean, it's just totally a a, a Chris Russell line, Mm -hmm. and and you know so much of the way that he would deliver uh, the lines, I could hear. So that that was very. I agree with that. I thought the artwork was back up a notch from 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 last. Oh, certainly. Uh, It's up several notches compared to last. Several 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 notches. Yeah. Did you Um, hear we got um, called out on that again? Chrissy. Yeah, <laughs> and I, it, I apologize. Well, that. and I, I kind of feel bad that we're still on that in a way, but you know, because we, we we try very hard to be fair. A comic book, obviously, it's a visual medium, so we have to talk a little bit about the artwork. But I don't want to completely go off the rails and just bomb somebody for for the artwork on this stuff. But I'm sorry, that eighth Doctor one was. Well, I'm gonna. It I'm, was, yeah, it was just bad. I'm gonna put another coat on because I feel like after listening to uh, this discussion again in our last podcast <laughs> and and and. Still feeling bad that, that Chrissy brought that up and then we almost shut that down. I'm going to go back and on it again and say that comic books are a visual medium. Right. So 
I, I apologize to you for shutting you down all the time when you start because you'll say and the artwork is bad here and the artwork's bad and I'll go okay well let's just we've touched on the artwork let's Touched move on, the artwork, on let's move on but half of a comic book is the art and so if the art is unappealing or doesn't feel like it fits then we should be allowed to complain about it. complain about it so I, I again I'm going back and. <laughs> With egg on my face and saying and admitting that I'm, I was wrong, that I think that you and Chrissy are both right to pick apart the art at any point that you want to, because of the fact that it's a visual medium, it's a medium, it's an artistic medium. And if, well, and if, Chrissy, I think if an didn't artist have as big picks, a problem with the no, artwork no, as, as, as what I did, but but well, but well, but she didn't have she, a chance she wasn't to going to bring it up. Yeah, exactly. Right, she didn't have a chance because we had kind of shut her down and said, "Well, that's just what comic books do." Yeah, which. You should never feel like you can't criticize the parts of of, of a story that that you want to criticize. Go well, ahead yeah, and do for, it. For, first not first, stop first of all, <laughs> first of all, let's let's break this down essentially. Don't ever feel like you have to go with the flow on this show. Right, right. That, this Absolutely. is this is for you, Chrissy, and any other listener out there. If you flat out disagree with us on something, for it either because, disagree with yeah, us on something. Agreed. I mean, and call us out on it and say I you agree. guys are full of it. I Just agree. Come out and say it. Don't, I agree. Don't, if don't you jump disagree, on the bandwagon and go. Well, I'm not going to send in feedback this week because I yeah. didn't agree with the boys. So that no. Just. But comic books, they should be as much the art as they are the story. And I think that's the problem. Is I keep wanting us to focus on the story. I keep wanting us to focus on the story because you know what happens when I see really bad art, then I look for the story. I go, okay, the yeah. story's got to at least be yeah. good. And then I, I tend to slant and focus just on the story. Well, and I think part so, of that is our view of Doctor Who in general because we, 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 we acknowledge <laughs> that so many of these old yeah. stories don't have the greatest monsters, don't have the best makeup, don't have the great special effects. So we skew to the story aspects of it to try and make up for that. And I think we're still doing That's that with the comics. what we're book. doing with the Kansas and we shouldn't be doing that with the comics well, because well, we need, yes if it's no. a good story, you need to admit that it's a good story and find the good parts of the story but with a comic book you have no production budget you have no i mean you you have the same production budget as last guy did who did a fantastic job with the artwork yeah so that's it's a fair playing field exactly it's a fair playing field so whereas the classics you can't really compare them to the new because we've got totally different budgets totally different sets totally different technology here where it's the same playing field so that's why i say the comics get get fair game so yeah, the artwork's a, right, a definite no. several <laughs> notches up. Uh, I, I'm sure next I, week I really I'll come back with a whole other opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no one's allowed to talk about the artwork anymore. <laughs> the revolving door of Glenn's mind this week is brought to you by. Um, what mood will Glenn be in this week? <laughs> the 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 main plot point with this guy. I liked the idea. I liked the idea of this rich uh, recluse was there. But it's, it's been done. It's done. Yeah. It's done to oh, death. and he's fallen in love with Rose, and he wants to commit. Well, Instantaneously. I was actually I was actually relieved when we just wrapped it up quickly and we moved on, because I thought... I, I liked the idea of him using time to hold back time, the, the time bubble stuff. I yeah. thought that was a nice twist to it. Dorian Gray. Been done. Dorian Gray, yeah. But it's at least not a portrait. Well, but it's the same concept. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't, I don't remember many of these other ones where the guy falls in love with Rose and wants her to stay with him in this same situation where it is the time bubble. Oh, 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 oh. As opposed to, oh, we thought you were, you know, it's he's 
I don't know. I, I didn't mind that aspect of it. I don't know. It's not just, just so much that it's trope. Rose. It's just that because so many of the villains have fallen in love with the companion. It's yeah. happened to Harry right. repeatedly. It's right. happened to... Uh, uh, oh, I had a whole list coming into the podcast. Well, Barbara Jones. Barbara wants Joe. In a different way, but... Um, Nobody told for Sarah Jane, did they? Uh, Just proves the galaxy's full of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the, and, 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 and even, even there, outside of that. Doctor Who, this is not a new idea. Yeah. So, it's been there, done that. Yeah, but there's that. The, the only the problem I had with that, with the other part of it, was the fact that it, it all the falling in love stuff happened way, way too fast. And then the f- idea that. Okay, you got this cool idea where he's holding back time, but it's just this snow globe that easily gets broken. <laughs> okay, wait a minute now. And, and the doctor broke his machine. So, but he broke a snow globe to break his machine. Yeah. It's, it's, here's, it'd be one thing if it was a complicated gizmo or something. We don't know. There might have been a complicated gizmo inside the snow <laughs> This gigantic monument. There's a big bouncy ball inside. There is a big bouncy ball inside the snow <laughs> the, the, the gigantic monument and the layout of his rooms and floors and, and, and things that he's created. Okay, very fantastic. None of this lends to this design of a, a, a killer robot. There's no environment inside this that would require him to have robots with to talk gigantic about tank treads. <laughs> That's no, the design. This is a design flaw from his standpoint because he invented everything in here, right? He created all this. Yeah. Oh, and that whole I created these ecosystems from scratch. That's Wrath of Khan. We've been yeah, there too. I just I kept <laughs> seeing all this. It's uh, very heavily borrowed, borrowed, borrowed from borrowed, stuff, which maybe it was a maybe it was intentional. Because they knew they were going to wrap this up quick. Because, I mean, we're done with this story halfway through. Well, uh, yeah. Two-thirds of the way through. I, I hate to keep pulling up Star Trek, but it's also, I don't know if you've gotten to it yet, uh, Requiem for Methuselah, where they find Flint on the yeah, planet, right. and it turns out that every great artist in history was the same guy. Right. That's kind of what I got from yeah. this. So, okay, so the, he breaks the snow globe, or the, the bell jar. <laughs> he kills the rose, in the, in the literally, <laughs> in, the, in the thing. And now the beast is going to be stuck a beast forever because he's going to be old and ugly. And we get the, if I can't have her, no one can line? Really? You actually said that? This is it then. If I can't have Rose, no one will. That's a direct quote. Oh. Again, you I was having a was good just, time up until that point. It was just, yeah. yeah. I was having an okay time. Not such a great time. <laughs> I was glad for the reveal as uh, yeah. in this one, and I was glad the reveal was who it was because I was having such a poor time with the beginning of this book <laughs> that it came to this and it came out of left field, and I went, "Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, wow!" And I like the fact that Rose is the one to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that she's the one that says Adam, and the doctor's right. response is, "Oh," <laughs> <laughs> because he's reacting to her, not that he's figured this mm-hmm. out on his own yet. Um, and interestingly enough, from Rose's perspective, Adam's much older because a lot of time has passed at this point. Yeah, but from Rose's perspective, it hasn't been very. Long. It hasn't been very long since they dropped Adam off at, at, at his home. So, so well, it was, or for the doctor either. But the doctor's used to that. Yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah. Dropping somebody off at one age and meeting there, there was, a, there was a brief moment where I hoped it was Glitz. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so um, 
and we get the very sad sap story about his mom dying and if only I'd still had this plug in my head that could have attached to anything with that information because I was totally but he still gonna, has the plug well, but he I mean, just couldn't, he access, just couldn't access, access it because what he had done is he had downloaded the information from the future uh, to, his to his answering, answering machine, machine. But um, he didn't do so bad for himself, though. After that, anyway. Well, and that's the thing. It's like you know, if only I'd had that, because I would have had that information. I could have saved her. Yeah, because you were totally going to use that for, for, <laughs> for benevolent purposes and be good. And right. who pointed out how the heck did he get in that vault? Didn't they fill that whole thing with cement, or did they just fill like the top layer, and so that you couldn't get into the rest of it? Because I got well, the impression well, so from Dalek that they were going to fill the entire vault with. Cement. In the, I got the. That's the impression that I got from the end of Dalek. Was sealed up his compound with cement, cement, walling off his treasure trove of alien technology. See, forever. Walling off makes it sound like they just did like the top layer yeah. and everything below like, like that. They just was made still, it so you couldn't access to it. And all you needed was a jacket. Right, and, and realistically, right. that, that's probably much more cost effective. To, 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 well, <laughs> Stanton was a rich guy. He Van Staten had a lot of money. Yeah, but. The idea of as big as that vault was, you how know. many dump trucks would you have had to have backed up? And, and yeah, it would take forever to right. just to start pouring stuff from down a, in there. So, from a cost-effective standpoint, it makes sense just to fill the top layer and then you're vaulted off. So. I, I never even thought of that while I was reading this. Now, honestly. the absolute best thing ever. Cyberman Bob makes it. <laughs> <laughs> in case yeah. you've forgotten. That's Bob's head. That's cool. Because <laughs> we decided that was Bob's head in the vault, right? Vincent's yes, vault. that's where that's where that's where his head went. Yeah, that's where his head went. And that's how he was able to get the uh, vortex manipulator. Yeah, the vortex manipulator was very cool too. I wondered if there I, was. I, I hope agents. they kind of explore how he was able to hide it from the doctor more. Like how he was able to mask himself, because it felt like that wasn't very well explained. Yeah, he has a line here, doesn't he? Yeah, there was a line of, uh, where is it? I'm trying to find it now. Well, why would he have to mask himself from the doctor? I don't understand. And none of his previous incarnations uh, but, had met Adam yet. But then you've been remembering me more and more, haven't you, Doctor? The closer I got to your incarnation in which you actually met me, the harder it was for me to continue clouding your mind. Yeah. 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 Somehow he was clouding his mind. Well, because Why would you have to do that? Well, so from, you wouldn't the, know that you met him point, from before? Right, but from the Doctor's... I mean, we're reading this in one chunk, mm-hmm. skipping around. From the Doctor's point of view, two of his companions up and disappeared. Why, why isn't he investigating Why isn't that he investigating it? Oh, I see, I see, I see. But instead, we were allowed to continue up to Patrick Troughton's era and two of his companions disappear. So, he, I mean, he's, he's got to be kind of fogged over I with gotcha, that so I that gotcha. he can continue to advance. That's what you mean. Don't, with, not yeah. necessarily masking identity, masking, yeah, yeah, masking what, what he's doing. What the process yes. is. Okay. Yeah, and the doctor replies, I didn't know who you were, just that something bad was coming, like a buzz in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what. Okay. I love the Adam's comment about I see you've had your usual effect on your surroundings. <laughs> <laughs> Standing in front of this gigantic pile of rubble. I thought it was interesting and kind of fitting that it was Nine and Rose is apologizing and Nine's very much, don't be sorry about any of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It almost felt out of character 
No. It seemed for nine. No, it no. seemed. Oh it God, seemed a no. Too no, harsh. no, 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 no. I don't know. I guess I just just having with... watched nine recently with Caitlin. No, it's that is so in so in character. It's, it, and it's, and it's oh very. Much, I like the. It had been more. It had been more uh, out of character for ten to be apologize for, for not to be apologizing because yeah. he would. Yeah. But nine, no. no I, I, no. I like the coin flip too. The one thing that they got right in the last comic is that the eighth Doctor is going, "Look, I'm sorry for whatever you think I've done. Let's talk about it mm-hmm. and try and fix it." Mm-hmm. Whereas the ninth Doctor is like, "Screw you! I don't have to feel bad about right, this." Right. <laughs> I mean, that was. I, I just it was such a harsh reaction. I was kind of taken aback by. Yeah, nine, nine seemed, would have said, "If I had to it, do it all again, I'd have done it exactly the same way." He he is harsher. It just seemed harsher than normal for him. He was as harsh in here as he was at the end when he dropped Adam off. With that I guess that's true. It's been a while since I've seen those yeah. the Adam episodes. So well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> but now you can take this to Galilee and get it signed. It's true. Um, I like the fact that they had the, 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 the he's apparently a follower of uh, or what's his name's website. <laughs> Clyde. Clyde. <laughs> oh, he's got the photos of, yeah. you know, this. And then the Journal of Impossible Things makes an appearance, which was kind of cool, mm-hmm. too. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Now that, now that we're to that point, it was kind of like, oh, right, Keith was right. No, Where no. do we go from I'm here? interested you to do? see, because, I mean, well, and there's only two left, so I'm glad that we've got the well, reveal. Probably three. I think they'll do a 12 I, th- I think they'll, well. Or a 13 No, actually, well, maybe Or not. no, it would be 12 why would they do 12 figures? They're doing well, one th- for each doctor. We've only got two more doctors left. Right. They're we'll, not going to we'll, do a 12th we'll, doctor. We'll get a 10 and 11, and then maybe you get a wrap-up issue where they... No, you won't. The, the you've only got... They've, they've, only, they've only slated 11 issues, so Have I don't it? know why... Yeah, I don't know why you're thinking we'd get an end bonus issue. <laughs> because they typically do 12-issue runs at the very least. Usually. For comics. Comics tend to run in either 6 or 12. It's... It's, it's unless it's something weird like the some of them run in threes, some of them well, run in it's, fives. It's, it's some changing them, yeah. a lot now. It didn't used to be. It used to be that it was crap. Uh, it used to be that it was always they, six or twelve. It's whatever they commission. So, um, but like the um, the next gen crossover was eight. So all bets are off at this point. But <laughs> they're all over the place in comics now. Sometimes they have three issue runs. Sometimes right, they have seven issue runs. It, it just depends. It used to be this the Star Wars. Hundred years ago, yeah, be. maybe. Sean. Anyway, back in my day, <laughs> <laughs> it's eleven, and they've said that they're going to be eleven. We invented the issues. term comics. It was always six. Same or thing eight. with the e-books. We had eleven e All right, what's coming up next on the schedule? Coming up next, I can get to it. It's usually six or twelve. It is usually six or twelve. Oh, whatever a comic book company no. wants to do. Com- well, wants the, to the reason the reason it's always six or twelve, or usually six or twelve, is because writers and artists sign six month or twelve month contracts because that determines how long they're going to be on the line. So, if a writer is only going to be on it for six issues, he crafts a six issue story arc that takes six issues to tell, and then he moves on to something else. You bring a new writer in, so. An eight-issue arc is strange. You only usually get eight-issue arcs when they fired somebody. You're full of crap. I've been reading comics since I was eight, and there's always been runs that were not uniform to eight or twelve. So there is going to be twelve issues. There is twelve in this one. Just it'll still be in November. November. Oh, they're 20. doing two in November. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I was going based on the months that they were doing because and then were in December there will be a volume three trade paperback and a complete hardback. Right. 
Oh, I've been buying the trade paperbacks. Maybe I should have waited. Yeah, I kind of wondered if there'd be a hardback. It makes sense to have a well, hardback. Well, then I will admit that I was wrong, but I was going based on the fact that there was 11 months. Let's go back to the part where you say I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Again! And they decided they couldn't wrap it up. and That's kind of weird to do two in one month. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if it's coming out the same week. They don't. Maybe they don't. They don't do that detail. I think they would just do a longer comic, <laughs> a double issue. Yeah, no, just I, do just, double I just issue. The, the way they've told the story, it makes sense that you're you're still going to get an eleventh Doctor story, and then you'll have to do some sort of yeah. See, I never never got that impression. I figured the eleventh would be he would be the one figuring out the whole thing. I Actually, just, now I'm kind of disappointed by that. Well, I hope that that's the way it'll work with the the audio goes. Yeah, the eleventh Doctor yeah. will be the one to well, that, explain. That's the everything. one last one the we kind doctor. of fretted yeah. that maybe we're yeah, going to we get won't. that. So the comic, I never suspected that would be the case. I always thought it would be the other way around, but maybe not. All right, what's coming up next week on the schedule? Next on the schedule. Well, coming up next on the schedule is Friday Night Who Ghost Light. Glenn <laughs> <laughs> is not a fan. Of I'm this not one. a fan of this one. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen it, so I don't think I have. And then uh, show number 146, we will talk about Ghost Light, and Big Finish number 12, Fires of Vulcan. Unless you think it's too late to change it to the next project, uh, whatever story. No, I didn't think it matters what we do there, because although you'll skip past Vulcan if you do that. But well, we've already skipped past Vulcan. Yeah, I guess we have done some... Uh, Seventh Doctor in the future. So. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's probably as too long late. As long as you give people nah, it's too late enough to give, heads yeah. up. It's, it's only a week's notice. I don't want to do that. Oh, that's next week? Yeah. Is it really? We did two big finish in a row? We don't usually do that. Yeah. Okay. We can part. Oh, that's how it works. Oh, the, the, the oh, TARDIS in the background. Okay. Somebody has taken the uh, books and put them together. So, are you going to, the middle one going to be the. That'll be 11 and 12. 11. Uh, yeah, probably uh, issue 11 and issue 12. So if you lay all the books together, maybe Adam then it forms one. the TARDIS. Maybe it'll be all of them. That could be. It forms the or, TARDIS. <laughs> they'll really surprise us and it'll be Peter. Ooh, that would be even cooler. That would be awesome. <laughs> I know they can't do that, but... We didn't think they could do Grace. <laughs> That's true. I did have you kind of see <laughs> I, I, You were very adamant that they were not doing their Yeah, I was. I, that shot, well, based on my reasoning last well, yeah, week. It, it makes when sense. I, when, I, when I saw the first three issues, I knew. I was like, oh, they're going to do a whole Todd's mind. That's going to be awesome. And then the fourth one came out, and it's like, that doesn't fit what's come before. And five and six. Is, but is that's why, because it's way that off. One side I never would have imagined them going around the yeah. exterior of the TARDIS clockwise like right, that. You're going to have to send that so that yeah, I can post it. Because people are wondering what the heck we're talking about now. Apparently, if you lay them out in a circle right now, they're making the TARDIS. The well, because they've got kind of the chalk outline of the TARDIS. I'm sure we've got listeners going, well, duh, I figured that out when I was looking at the <laughs> well, covers. Like I said, when, it, when it, the first three issues, I was like, that's totally, these are going to match up. But then the fourth one, it was like, well, the TARDIS is there, but it's a weird <laughs> part of it, so I don't understand what you're doing. But now now I see it. What took, else is... Took up to nine to get it What's beyond next week? Uh, Friday Night Who, Countdown, number six, Doctor Number 6, will be Vengeance on Veros. And that'll be on the 18th of October. And We're reviewing Ghostlight and Fires of yeah, Vulcan. Yeah, we'll be reviewing okay. Ghostlight and Fires of Vulcan next week. Okay. Uh, but then uh, Friday Night Who will be Vincent Silveros, but then we're going to do our big Ninth Doctor uh, anniversary. The poll is up on our website, so make sure you go and vote what episode is most representative of the Ninth Doctor's era. 
Story. Story. Because I did lump the two parters together. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and we will be discussing uh, Doctor Who Revisited 9, and then along with the 50th anniversary discussion. That's um, two weeks from that's now. That's two weeks from okay, now. That, the following that week, I need to mention that we'll have a special guest that week. She won't actually be here, but uh, we'll be recording Car- Caitlin's... Uh, uh, impressions of the Ninth Doctor. Oh, excellent. Oh, very cool. Very to, cool. to insert into that show. And then um, the following week for uh, Friday Night Who on the 25th of October will be the Fifth Doctor because we're counting down and we're going Warriors of the Deep just because we need some Merca love. It's been a long time. <laughs> and um, then we've got the big finish Destiny of the Doctor Death Steel which will kind of be the start of the Tenth Doctor celebrations, even though I think that's technically a day or two early. Maybe not. Maybe it's way well, early. That'll that'll be in the actual tenth of the month. Then. Yeah, man, maybe <laughs> well, we'll move it. Well, I don't know. We'll be we we'll be boot, we'll be in the end of that month where we're celebrating ten. Well, everybody else is celebrating ten. We're back to that part of the schedule where it's a little wonky, just because I'm trying to get when does this release, when does this release, when does this release, and line them all up in order to uh, you know. Yeah, that everything. would be the twenty seventh. See, it's a little early, I think, but you know, yeah, we'll, maybe fine. we'll make it work. Uh, then the following week is November first, the day after Halloween. Terror of the Zygons. Terror of the Zygons. Which, by the way, go pick that up Tuesday. It comes go, out this go week. Go pick it up, and then uh, we'll do a whole show on Terror of the Zygons. So, because that one's new. That one has not new. been on DVD. It's never been released before in the North America on DVD market. It's been on video. On DVD. Sure. Yeah. All right. And I will get more schedules posted uh, later as we go out. All right. Well, if that's it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be soon. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.